With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Armchair GM Sports Network. This is Rod Mahood, your in-game voice of the Niagara Ice Dogs, and you're listening to the Dog Pound Podcast on the Armchair GM Sports Network, your podcast source for all game analysis, team interviews, and up-to-date news regarding the Niagara Ice Dogs. Perlini! Overtime! Ice Dogs win! Hosang! To Akil Thomas. Thomas has the angle coming in. He Welcome into another episode of the Dog Pound Podcast, the official podcast of your Niagara Ice Dogs. Proudly brought to you by Global Pet Foods, where pets are undeniably part of the family and their four great Niagara region locations. This is another Ice Dogs monthly wrap-up show. I'm your host of the program, Brandon Caputo. You can follow me on X at bcaputo underscore AGM. And if you're following along in the video version, to my right is my co-host Cam Halbert. You can follow him on X at no sleeves gaming. Thanks to those today tuning in uh, on YouTube. Make sure to hit like, hit subscribe, and smash that bell for all updates on video versions of our podcast that do get, get released here on the network. And to those listening today in uh, or on demand on whatever audio platform you choose to listen to us, thank you very much for doing that as well. So we're going to go over today the Ice Dogs results for January. The trade deadline was mixed in there as well. So uh, we're going to get Cam's kind of reaction to that since he missed the uh, trade deadline uh, recap episode there. We're going to speak with Gavin Bryant, for the new captain of the Niagara Ice Dogs, for our first Leadership Lounge uh, segment as well. We've got a special interview today. Uh, no co- head coach Ben Boudreau uh, this month or GM Wes Consorti. We've decided to go a different route for this month and bring on the director of scouting, Adam Henrich, who gave us some great insight on uh, the 07 draft class that's obviously been so successful for Niagara this year and what they're looking for going into the 08 draft class uh, this upcoming April. So uh, we'll hear from Adam as well. So with that said, Cam, we'll open up today here just talking general thoughts on the team. The the trade deadline was in this month as well. So uh, they they made some moves there, and we've obviously talked about that in our game recaps quick plug we do do uh, audio game recaps after every single home game there at the meridian center and they're available the next morning so uh cam what are your thoughts on on just how the i guess the month of january has played out for the ice dogs right now well it was it was definitely up and down uh because there was a time there was a span there after a couple of wins that they were only five points back of a playoff spot and even as it stands right now they're only seven back uh that's one good weekend essentially 
uh, with Peterborough and Barry continuing to have, uh, you know, a heck of a time, especially Peterborough, um, because they've really fallen off uh, the back half of the season. Uh, but it was obviously tough. Trade deadline is always going to be difficult, especially in the OHL. Uh, you got to remember these guys are kids, you know, the teenagers, you know, you're, you're losing uh, a good friend that you see, uh, you know, all the time. And um, they're, they're a lot younger than, you know, what you would see in the NHL and other leagues. So, um, it's always tough. And not only that, uh, they, you know, had to move on with some of the more, um, staple parts of their lineup. Sobolev, Bronson Ride, um, former captain Zach Lavoie. Like that's obviously tough to do, especially on a team that's been struggling this season. Uh, cause you know, that means that the rest of the season is not going to be easier. Um, however, in, uh, in, in their stead, uh, we did get a, a couple of, of really, really nice pieces and players back. Um, you know, Chanowski and, and Mason Ray have been really fun to watch. Um, and uh, I think they're going to be a, a good part of the season. Same Charlie Robertson, finally some help for Owen Flores after moving on for Vandenberg to Kitchener earlier in the year. So, uh, but yeah, obviously still disappointing. I think that uh, this last weekend um, kind of put a bow on things in, in a rough spot. Uh, just because they've been undermanned uh, with some injuries, and you know that three three straight losses again with uh, with that ten spot in Kingston's awfully difficult. Yeah, and and they're sitting seven points back, and it is possible because they do play Barry and Peterborough both twice before the end of the season. But they've got to start to make up some ground here against some other teams. And again, as you mentioned this weekend, they were undermanned again, and then Alex Asadorian got suspended after the Kingston game, so they were undermanned going up to Ottawa. Uh, that just got uh, you know elevated in that sense and and you know they it's just tough to overcome when you're running with two less forwards and one less defenseman they Flores missed the weekend as well so they called up uh, Tyson Gusta uh, as the backup but Charlie Robertson uh, remained in, in all three of the games this week and played uh, you know the back to the back to back to back uh 3 and 3 which is not easy to do so it was good to see him finally get some playing time uh but even though that wasn't ideal so uh as we move forward like we we look at the the last lineup here, Cam, from from the game against Ottawa, and I know Mike Levin's going to come back, so that's going to be a big plus. Shout out to him for winning gold for Team Israel at the World U twenties. Had seventeen points in four games, including nine goals and weighted the gold. So he's going to come back with a lot of confidence, obviously, and he's been a, a pretty good goal scorer for the Ice Dogs this year. But if we look at it, the last game they had Kevin He, Gavin Bryan, and Ryan Robrick up front with. Evan Klein, Ethan Zada, Matthew Paris on the second line. Third line of Andrew Vermeulen, uh, Mason Ray, and Ivan Galianov. And then William Stewart was the extra forward there uh, with them basically only having three forward lines with Alex Astorian out. So, you know, when Levin does come back, and, and he will be back this week, still no uh, word on how long Alex Astorian's suspension is going to be. But let's just say he's going to be out of the lineup this uh, upcoming week. What are you looking at from the forward group? Uh, I mean, you're you're asking a you're asking a lot of of players to play not just one position but all over the place, up and down the lineup, and that's really been the case for quite some time. Um, obviously, head coach uh, Ben Rudeau has um, you know talked a lot about uh, being undermanned, and unfortunately, that's just the, the scenario that they're in. They're not going to give up. Um, they, they've won a game with 16 players in the lineup already against one of the best in the league, um, so it's never going to be an excuse. But it is something that. I don't know how they address in the future year. I just, I've talked about this with me and you before games and things like that. Just looking up lineup cards is that no other team seems to battle this nearly as much. Right. And you know, uh, there was a point in November where we had nine players missing, you know, like that is 
exceptional. Like that is something that uh, we had an illness, I think, run through. Like there, there was, it was just, it was a very, very tough time. Um, but that is exceptional. But we're only missing a couple guys, and you're running no fourth line in a three and three. Like there's setting your team up to, you know, to setting. No, I don't want to say setting them up for failure, but you're already making a last place team that had to move away pieces and things like that have to make it even harder on themselves. And it, that is just exhausting for the players. It's got to be. And uh, tough as a fan to watch, too, because we don't, they don't understand why and why that's the case. Because, like I said, other teams battle injuries as well. And um, just not seeing an undermanned lineup. So I hope that the rest of the season or even next season, that it's a point that, you know, while it's not always great to have players that have to sit in the press box and, and you know, and watch a game, Early on in the season, man, Galianov and and O'Flaherty before he was moved, like they couldn't get in the even William Stewart couldn't get in the lineup, and uh, that was a that was a plus because at least that 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 breeds competition in practice, you know things like that. You you know someone will go down with an injury, just how it goes though, which is a very tough league, and you're able to fill it then. I just hope we see more of that next year. I don't want to see uh, lineups where you can't f- ice a fourth line, you know, or you have you know Federico playing on offense. If things like that, when players got to play out of position, you know, that's something that I would, I hope is rectified going forward. And, um, you know, I think that how the, the foundation is being built right now through the draft, again, we're, we're going to talk about the 07 draft class, I think for a long time. Um, when all is said and done another draft class, like that's going to go a long way because you know where those guys are going to play in their lineup. And, um, you know, we just need to see some more influx of that talent, but seven points out of the playoff spot, Brandon, like it's not, out of the realm of possibility. And, you know, you get these guys, even a one game against the Brantford Bulldogs, every time they play Brantford, it's a, it is not a blowout, you know, like it's the Eastern conference is so wide open and getting these guys just one playoff series of experience would be so massive for the development because we talk about when, uh, when, when Robrick and Zada went to the U 17s, Right. And um, the confidence that you get when you come back from that, when you rep your country, you're among the best of your peers, right? Of, of that, of that, that age group, you come back, you're just more confident. You get in the playoffs, regular season, you at least know what it's like a little bit, right? You've been in the dance. And I think it'd just be so huge for a lot of these players, especially guys like Kevin, they can go into their gear, right? They get that feeling and um, it'd be great. It'd be great too, for the fans. I just want to mention one thing as well. Um, We've talked about the last few seasons the Ice Dogs have been in last place, and it's been brutal uh, in that sense. But they're three points away from matching their total last year. So we've talked about how this team is not as bad as last year's. And uh, while they are still in last place, still playing for a playoff spot, whether the you know percentage of them getting in is low or not, um, three points away with 23 games to go. That just goes to show you that the marketed improvement that this team has gone through over one season. Yeah, and they would have had to make up 30 points from the previous season to be in a playoff spot. So they're making up the ground. Again, they're not there yet, but there are, like you said, positive improvements. And you mentioned the organizational depth and just having the the players to be able to get in that get in the lineup, having enough players to get in the lineup, and then making an impact when they do get in the lineup. So uh, I think that's important too, and and making sure that the you know the coaching staff and the players you know aren't just uh, you know feeling that. You know, we got to really step up tonight, or we're going on a long road trip, and we're undermanned. And these kids—I mean, I mean, I know they're kids, and they—they they have a high motor, but 
there's only so much that they can do uh, on a nightly basis there. And, and they're really the ones that are in the lineup. You know, I got to give uh, a kudos to them because they're they're going out there every single night knowing that uh, they're undermanned and they're still putting in a good effort. And, and really in most of these games, this, uh, you know, take away the Kingston 10 nothing game and the Barry 7 nothing game. They've been in all of these games. Especially at home, too. Like, how many times have we felt like a game is it's a one goal game or they have the lead after 40, right? Like, it's it's been very impressive to watch them grow this season and to do it with such a young core is massive because he talked about it. it's not the guy it's not the 16 year olds that are missing games you know and again injuries without you know you can't really do much with injury or suspension things like that but you know with all the excuse in the world to you know maybe miss a few games the 16 year olds aren't like they're staying in there and it's uh they're playing hard and they're playing high in the lineup probably higher than in a perfect world where you'd want them to um, but it's making them develop quickly, you know, and uh, maybe that was the perfect thing for these the the, the four 16 year olds this year. 25 goals for 45 against and a three six and one record to wrap up January. And the goals against is going to look bad there because a 10 nothing and a seven nothing game at 17 goals right there. And they'd probably be closer to around uh, their goals for and goals against mm-hmm. Mark have being around, uh, you know, even. But, you know, those two games were just games that are going to happen with a young team and, and you just kind of have to throw those away, take some things from them, learn from them. But I know head coach Ben Boudreaux, you know, he, that is not acceptable in his mind. And in the post games that we've talked to him, that's stuff that they have to go through, but they have to be better in all aspects because you can't lose games 10, nothing, despite it being the nature of junior hockey. He has a lot more pride than that. And I know the, the players have a lot more pride in that, but uh, it's kind of the growing pains that they're all, all going through together at this point. No, absolutely. And I think since the coaching change, um, such a drastic personality uh, change from from Boudreaux to from, from Kuwabara to, to Boudreaux. And it sounds like it's working. He's holding them accountable. It doesn't matter who it is. We've seen Kevin take, you know, take some heat. We've seen Flores take some heat, sometimes even to our surprise. Um, he doesn't care if they're undermanned or who's missing from their lineup or the they got to ice three 16 year old centermen. Like it, it doesn't matter. And that's important. I think that that's a lesson that is, that is going to go a long way. And he's still giving everyone a chance to succeed. I mean, obviously we've talked about if the playoffs aren't in the picture, which they still are technically um, you got to pay attention to the future of what's going on. And, and rubric has been everything that we've needed him to be um, as a 16 year old. He's got 30 points in 40 games. He's, uh, tied for first among all OHL rookies, and that's against two uh, 17-year-old rookies. 16 to 17 is a massive jump. Um, so for him to be at 16 tied uh, going into uh, this week is, is pretty crazy. And then on top of that, he's just fourth in scoring, you know, behind O'Reilly from London, O'Brien from Brantford, and uh, Riley Patterson from Barry, who I believe are all 17, mm-hmm. if memory serves. Um, you know, he's he's in four he's comfortably in fourth place now ahead of davis cole from windsor so you know uh we'll talk we'll hear from from the head scout from from the ice dogs in just a little bit but uh it's extremely important and i think that getting zada to to you know be that kind of penalty kill uh, second line center which is very good defensively in his own zone kind of kind of player is going to be big and then you've got frolov who is kind of doing it all right now galianov as well has got an edge just um fun to watch them grow and that's really what it's about for the rest of this season and then 
On top of that, getting Kevin ready for the NHL draft. I think that, I'll be honest with you, with how rough the last two seasons have been, and Kevin's rookie season was one of the worst in Ice Dogs history, probably. Um, not his season, season. Not his season specifically, but the team. Not his yeah. season. No, sorry. Like, he had a great season. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying that the Ice Dogs team as a whole, I just mentioned that, you know, in 68 games, they had 33 points, mm-hmm. and they're about to pass that, and we've got 23 games to go still. Um, I think that it'll be massive. He hears his name called in the NHL draft. And uh, because that shows other players, um, you know, we mentioned the the Sam Dickinson situation, things like that. And, 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 you know, the, the, the um, unwillingness to, to maybe want to want to come and play for the ice dogs that regardless of the situation, how bad it was, Kevin was able to get drafted and, you know, be it and continue his career and, and advance it quite a bit. And that's going to go a long way, especially with the new coaching staff and, and everyone involved there. And then you've got Robrick the next year who, for all intents and purposes, looks like he will get a shot at the NHL draft as well. So um, awfully big for them. And uh, I think is if once that happens, you're going to see more and more players kind of be like, all right, like, you know, I'm not requesting a trade. I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, Niagara's on a bad place to go. I mean, you know, we've, uh, we've got a great fan base and um, really excited to see this rest of the season for that aspect. Yeah, it's almost like breaking through the stigma that uh, has been looming over the Ice Dogs the last four years of getting players drafted. I talked to Steve Clark about this, the TV play-by-play voice. Like, it, And again, I think people sour at the Ice Dogs uh, for scouts and things like that because of what's gone on here. And even Kevin He being snubbed for the top prospects game, you know, you can make a debate whether he should have been there or not. I'm not really here to, to talk about that. But uh, I think once Kevin breaks through that glass ceiling, it's just going to like you mentioned, Robrick the following year and maybe a, maybe a couple of the other 16-year-olds. Now maybe they take another step and are drafted as well. But I think it's just breaking through, and I think Kevin has that opportunity. He you know, had the 16-year-old goal record, which by our next recording, Robrick might be able to beat because he's only six away from it. But Kevin, he when he was on the slow start, he started to pick it up now. He started to add that bite and that physical aspect to his game that I think scouts are really looking for this year. So I'm like you that I think once his name's called, that's going to be big for the confidence of not only him, but the organization as well. Yeah, which also puts a lot of pressure on the rest of the season because he still needs to perform to, to get mm-hmm. drafted. I don't know if it's a slam dunk yet. Again, it's he had, he had a pretty tough start, but I mean, I'm, I'm not a scout or anything like that, but you can clearly tell that he's got a high motor that doesn't stop and his skating and hockey IQ is, uh, you know, there's nights where he's got to do some things by himself and he most for the most part does his back check is nuts. Like it, it's, it's, and then that's not just, uh, you know, compared to the other ice dog players, that's a compared to his opponents as well, regardless of the, uh, regardless of who they're going up against and how many NHL prospects, but we haven't had someone like him since uh, kill Thomas, like that kind of embodies everything that they want the franchise to be. You know, and I think that was kind of the end of an era when when COVID, we, we talked about that as well, like COVID really impacting things. But when they moved on from Akil Thomas, that was the last time everything felt stable. And know? Phil Thomasino. And, yeah, and Phil Thomasino and Ivan Lodnia and, and mm-hmm. all of those guys. Like it, it was it was very, the, the, the Ice Dogs felt like the rest of the league. And it was just they, they were going through a cycle, right? Um, and then obviously the off-ice things that have happened over the last couple of years. Um, it's, it's been a lot rockier, the same Dickinson, not coming in and everything like that. Um, that, that delays things, you know, uh, having, having him here would have changed the outlook of the franchise for sure. But I, you know, you can't blame them with, with what was going on. And 
now you've got a chance that you know some of these players they're gonna write the ship and uh that i think that's i mean i i, I think back to when when uh ben Boudreau was was promoted to, to head coach that basically in his first sentence was like i'm not going anywhere for a while we're gonna do this right and to have someone come in that's mindset isn't my goodness we got to find a way to win games now to make the playoffs or i'm gone you know that that's a very and not I'm not saying that that's what head coach Kubar felt like, but it, it was how like management last year and 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 the head coaching staff looked like when it came to like lineup decisions and things like that. Head coach Emmerdrow is like you know what if we're gonna do this we're gonna do it correctly and I think that that is gonna reset the f- franchise back to you know when you know in the background there you got Petrangelo you know it, that seems like you know a lifetime ago and uh, Kevin and and Ryan are are going to be the pieces that probably get us to back to that era yeah hopefully so and again this is like a discussion that we'll have closer to the draft and and everything like that but again just kind of getting everybody grounded about where we're at and and making sure we know what the situation is here we're 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 you know just as passionate and want to see this team do well as as all the fans are out there and we understand you know what what they're their concerns are and things like that. And and the management, the coaching staff, trust me, they, they all feel that. And they all, they all hear that as well. Speak candidly as a fan. I, I, you know, it took me a little while to, to try and not to take my fan glasses off essentially while doing this and uh, over the course of the year. And I hope I've gotten a little bit better at it. Um, but last year it was really just Kevin. That was the reason why as a fan, you went and watched, obviously it's, it's fun to get a night out. It's, you know, I, I love going to the Meridian center. It's just such a, perfect place um in the city and and the, the, that's why i think the fan turnout was so good but you know realistically the games were over and you were really just watching kevin and you were like okay this was the second round pick second round pick um and he had there was something different about him you know it's like it's hope it's it's really what it is that's what hockey or what all sports fans go through it's like when you can't sell championships you sell hope right and there wasn't really much of it last season and even going into this year um, but I think that now there's a lot more of it. And if you are someone that's maybe not questioning or questioning going out to games and things like that, because you see that you're seven points back in the playoffs and they might not, you know, make the playoffs and it might be kind of just, you know, the mail in. I mean, uh, again, I love personally every night at, at the Meridian Center watching rubric. He the two goal night he had the other night. Like it's 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 fun watching someone that has the potential to be an NHLer. And he was drafted second overall watching Kevin for the rest of the year so that he can get drafted. Like I, I love being, I, I'll give you a perfect example uh, as a Sharks fan watching Daniel Gushkin. Like, so I was invested so much more that year because I knew that, you know, a person, a player who has been fantastic in the AHL, by the way, um, it, it, you know, you, you're getting to see them early on in a career. And that's, that's something that you get in the OHL and in the CHL in general that you don't get another like just being a fan of the NHL, you're seeing the final product, but seeing a player that a junior, you know, does well, and then you get to watch them in, in the real thing. It, it hits different. It hits different. When I, when I saw Gushkin score his first NHL goal, I was like, I remember him scoring his first NH or Niagara ice dog goal. And that means a little bit more. So if you're a fan, your question coming out, watch, you know, watch number 25, you know, watch, you know, watch Kevin man, and, and not just them, but like they play like a playoff. Every game is a playoff game for them. They, they play so much harder. It's just fun, you know? And um, I think that it, it just, it goes a long way. 
Well said. And we're going to talk more about that, but we're going to get to our first segment today. It is our leadership lounge, our first one with new Ice Dogs captain Gavin Bryant. And that is brought to you by the Niagara Golf Lounge, Niagara's home for golf and sport year round, located in the best Western Karen Croft Hotel in Niagara Falls. Visit NiagaraGolfVacations.com to learn more to host an event or to book your golf day today. Here is Ice Dogs captain Gavin Bryant discussing his team and a little bit about his golf game as well. Back on the Leadership Lounge with Ice Dogs, Captain Gavin Bryant. Gavin, you've been the captain for about a month now since the trade deadline. How Has anything really changed for you as far as fitting into that role? I mean, I know we talked to you the first night after that, but uh, you know, how has it been just first full month wearing the seat? Yeah, me personally, not really. Uh, I've kind of been myself this uh, this whole year with the uh, Ice Dogs, but um, no, it's uh, with the group in that room and the coaches have, it makes it pretty easy for me just to kind of stay myself and stay the same person. So, uh, no, it's been pretty enjoyable so far. When things aren't going your way and the results aren't coming and you have you know off nights and things like that I know character I mean it is a big thing for you and, and having a lot of pride in what you do is a big thing so how do you kind of re- you have to relay that to the guys about you know making sure that they're doing all the right things on and off the ice to battle through the adversity and battle through the tough times and continue plugging away at this thing because it is a long season yeah you know it's always good to remind them you know because uh, it's a young team again I've said that a couple times this year but um, no it's a good reminder for sure that's uh, but again it's a good room uh, the guys, uh, the guys seem to be buying in, but um, no, you know, when we get on tough stretches like uh, like this weekend uh, after last night's game, it's just uh, it's a matter of sticking together, staying as a family, and uh, knowing that we all got each other's back. And uh, yeah, the, fa- the family part being the big one. And what's it been like with so many young guys in the room? Obviously, you know, they got a lot of energy and they got some jokes too. What has it been like having those four 16-year-olds in there and joking around with them and being kind of like big brothers to them? Yeah, it's fun, right? I mean, uh, I guess uh, I was once that kid, I was once that rookie, the jokester, but. Um, no, I'm kind of playing the uh, older brother now, but um, no, they're good. They're great players. It's just uh, it's a matter of holding them accountable for uh, whatever it is on the ice, off the ice. But um, no, they're uh, they're great kids. They're funny kids, and they uh, they got a bright future ahead. But um, no, I think the uh, the accountability part being held uh, on my end and the coaches and the other older guys end is a big part. But um, no, they seem to be listening. So, and it's important to get your mind away from the rink sometimes because you put your heart and soul into this. So, do you guys ever do anything off the ice together? Try to get together as maybe not a full team, but just some of the groups of guys and do some fun stuff off the ice. What do you guys like to do? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it varies. Um, just whether whether it's getting together at uh, the guys' house watching football. We got a lot of football fans on the team, so that's good. But. Um, playing cards or whatnot, whatever, whatever it, it may be on a, on a Sunday night on a day off. It's usually football in that case, but um, again, it's a great group of guys and uh, we always we always find uh, find something to do. So. I know you're a Dolphins fan, so I'm treading lightly here, but uh, who's your Super Bowl pick this year? I think I feel like it'd be the Lions. The Lions would be a pretty cool uh, pretty cool one for the city of Detroit, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go for, uh, I'll go with the 49ers. I don't oh. know if the Lions are going to do it. So. No AFC team, eh? No, no AFC no. team, no. And obviously, Niagara Golf Lounge is a sponsor. I know you're a big golf guy. You golf a few times in the summertime. One, what's your favorite club? And two, what was your golf game like this summer? I'll say my favorite club. Uh, I don't use any uh, hybrids or anything in my bag or uh, woods, so I'll go with a four iron just from uh, 200 and out because that's all I can put it. But um, no, I'm uh, obviously having surgery in the summer. I kind of missed my golf a little bit, but uh, getting back into it was good. And uh, Hopefully have a long summer of it this summer, try and get some uh, tournaments are going. I think we're trying to get some sort of a foundation tournament going with the Ice Dogs, so that would be pretty cool uh, on my end. But, um, no, yeah, big golf guy for sure. So. Is there any other sports you like growing up that chose hockey over? Or I know some guys are big into lacrosse and some other things. Uh, what was uh, what was Gavin Bryant like uh, growing up as far as other sports? Yeah, for sure. It was hockey in the winter and uh, baseball and soccer in the summer. It was good to uh, kind of get my mind off it, and especially baseball too. I quit playing soccer at around... 
11 or 12, but uh, I stuck with baseball uh, for a while there, and uh, I think it's just uh, it's a good it's a good mind off hockey. You kind of need it in the summer because it's nothing like hockey. So I think that's the big part for me. I obviously got into golf at a young age. Then my dad played football in high school, and I got really, really into football in the last couple of years. So no, definitely definitely a wide range of sports in, uh, in my household for sure. Do you know if there are any other guys that are really good at golf and guys that have challenged you and looking forward to uh, going up against them this summer? Yeah, I don't know. I went with uh, Asadorian and um, I went with Ride there at the start of the year at Royal Niagara Golf Course. But um, yeah, I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to see this summer if there's uh, any good players. A lot of good players on my team last year in Owen Sound, so we'll have to we'll have to test the waters here in Niagara. So. And lastly, it's the message here: the last 25 games or so, you guys are. It's obviously still goals to make the playoffs. What's the mindset and the message of the guys as as you continue forward here, get through the, the ups and downs and the tough stretches, and just making sure that everybody stays upbeat and and like you said, there's a bright future here. So long-term plans, but uh, also trying to stay in the moment. Yeah, you know what? The season's not over, right? Like I mean, like you said, 25 games left. I think the goal obviously is still playoffs for sure. It's very attainable, but um, I think the most important thing and the uh, beauty about this uh, this league is. Um, there's a good chance, uh, like last night, when we when you lose a game 10 nothing, you got a quick swing around, and uh, 12 hours later you're playing another game. So I think that's the biggest thing. And when uh, when you drop a game like that last night, you just move on from it. Right when that buzzer goes, you're on to the next one. And uh, no, it's the beauty of the OHL because you can do that a lot of occasions in a week. But um, no, it's a long season. I think uh, I think we got a good chance here if uh, the guys can just. Uh, Stay in it. I know January and February are long months, but um, no, the biggest thing will be staying in it and just uh, making that final push. Leadership Lounge brought to you by the Niagara Golf Lounge with Ice Dogs Captain Gavin Bryant. Gavin, thanks so much for taking the time and uh, good luck the rest of the way here. Awesome. Thanks, Brown. There was Ice Dogs Captain Gavin Bryant on our first Gavin's Leadership Lounge brought to you by the Niagara Golf Lounge, Cam. Uh, initial thoughts there from what the new Ice Dogs Captain had to say. You know, he, he's a pretty talkative guy uh, about and he's pretty open about, you know, where the, this team is right now. And they still have a lot of pride in that room. They've got a lot of character. He talked about the brotherhood and uh, he was very adamant that they are their Their goal is still playoffs and, and they truly believe in that room that they can get there. Well, I, I think that the one thing, like, first of all, he says everything as, as a captain should. Right. Like he sounds like someone who is is a captain. So. Um, that's, that's great first and foremost, but you see it on the ice. Like there isn't a scrum where everyone's not sticking up for each other, you know? And again, not everyone, you don't have to fight anything like that. I'm not, I'm not talking about that, but when someone gets, you know, gets you from behind or gives you an extra shove, rarely it does it go without someone else saying something. And, uh, that's big going forward. You got to make sure that you're playing for each other. Uh, because once it goes the other way, then it really, it really gets away from you. And I don't think the coaching staff would allow that. And I don't think Gavin will allow that. He's been, uh, I remember when, you know, he first came over here in training camp, he felt like he was already the captain. Um, so he, he's been great. And, um, you know, I'm excited to see how, how the rest of the season plays out next year. I'm happy to see, I'm happy that he'll be back. Um, I, I love the fact that, he, you know, he's a big golfer, so it's nice that he can disconnect. And uh, I like that, you know, that they hang out like, you know, it's nice to hear that, like outside of the rink again, the kids, um, you know, they hang out and they're togetherness because like, again, just showing up every game day and, and not really caring. Like you'd see that on the ice. You you can hockey is the one sport that chemistry and, you know, desire to want to protect each other and things like that are very evident and they can carry you more than talent on some nights. I mean, we've seen dice dogs beat the best teams in the OHL. And on multiple occasions and that doesn't, and you know, again, they're not more talented, but you can definitely see that 
things are changing in the background. Yeah, and he talked about uh, Miami Dolphins fan. I know that's hard for him. You as a Patriots <laughs> fan, uh, nope, not picking any AFC teams, and he did pick the San Francisco 49ers who are going to the Super Bowl, <laughs> so he still uh, got that on the line there. But we're going to get to more of Gavin Bryant in the second segment today because he did have a big day uh, in Ottawa, and the power play we're going to talk about as well, kind of correlating into that. We'll get to our fan polls as well, and we'll get Adam Hendricks, the director of scouting, and uh, our great chat with him about the upcoming 08 draft class. So stay right here. We'll be right back on the Dog Pound Podcast, the official podcast of your Niagara Ice Dogs. Probably brought to you by Global Pet Foods, where pets are undeniably part of the family. Last year, more homes canceled cable TV than ever before. Why? It's just too expensive. For half the price of cable, you can get Fubo TV and watch the live sports and TV you love. Try free at FuboTV.com. JNL Flooring is Niagara's specialty flooring and design company. They take great pride and provide elite customer service and support. With a beautiful showroom, great pricing, and a wide variety of truly unique products, JNL Flooring is your specialty flooring and decor boutique shop. All of their products are environmentally friendly and responsibly produced so you can feel good about your flooring choices. Their goal is to build authentic relationships based on honesty and integrity that they foster with respect and authenticity. Offering a unique and wide range of quality products presented by a knowledgeable and patient team, they simplify the process to make your life easier and to make your home more beautiful. Visit them at 4424 Montrose Road in Niagara Falls or find out more at jnlflooring.com. If you think you can get a better deal anywhere else, you don't know Jack at JNL Flooring. In the Niagara region, Global Pet Foods is your destination for premium pet nutrition and caring expertise. Whether you've welcomed a new furry family member or need advice on top quality nutrition, their dedicated staff is ready to help. Discover why Global Pet Foods' lesser-known premium brands outshine the big corporate names. Their team's passion ensures your pet's health and vitality. Check out one of their locations today, 3643 Portage Road in Niagara Falls, 160 Highway 20 in Font Hill, or 400 Scott Street and 344 Glendale Avenue in St. Catharines. Global Pet Foods, where premium brands and caring staff make the difference. Wild Builds Auto Repair is your local center for auto maintenance and repair in the Niagara region. Since 2012, Wild Builds Auto Repair and Body Shop has been helping customers stay safe and confident on the road, knowing their vehicles in top running condition through their services. Located at 7868 Oakwood Drive in Niagara Falls, the garage started as a tribute to the owner's father, William Robert Hunter, who passed away, continuing the same community spirit and high level of service which customers came to expect from him back at Hunter's Auto Repair. Their multi-award winning auto shop has earned the trust of the Niagara community with its fair treatment of all customers who can feel confident they'll get the trustworthy advice and repairs during their visit. Their experienced crew loves meeting new people and looks forward to forming a lasting partnership for the care of your cars. To find out more or to book service, contact them today. 905-358-7868 or wildbillsauto.ca. Wild Bills Auto Repair, helping customers stay safe and confident on the road since 2012. Niagara Golf Lounge features two state-of-the-art indoor golf simulators allowing you to play some of the world's best courses all year round. The perfect place to indulge all season long. Don't worry about getting thirsty while you play around with your friends. Their fully stocked bar offers a wide selection of drinks, appetizers, and a variety of meals are also available to enjoy before, during, or after you play. 
Grab a seat next to the fire in their comfortable sports lounge. Didn't bring your clubs? No problem. They have partnered with TaylorMade to offer you the best rental clubs. You won't want to miss their exclusive NFL and NHL giveaways for the Buffalo Sabres and Buffalo Bills. Located in the Best Western Plus Cairncroft Hotel, 6400 Lundy's Lane in Niagara Falls. Visit NiagaraGolfVacations.com to learn more and to reserve your golf bay today. The Niagara Golf Lounge, Niagara's home for golf and sport all year round. This is Alex Asadorian. Hey, it's Ryan Roberg. This is Ivan Galianoff. This is Gavin Bryant. And this is the Dog Pound Podcast. The official podcast of the Niagara Ice Dogs. Welcome back to part two of today's Niagara Ice Dogs monthly wrap-up for the month of January. Brandon Caputo and Cam Halbert are with you. The Dog Pound Podcast is proudly brought to you by Global Pet Foods. Our pets are undeniably part of the family in all four of their great Niagara region locations. Make sure to give us some love on X at Dog Pound Podcast for all of our Ice Dogs content and updates there. As well, we're available on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and on our YouTube channel by searching the Armchair GM Sports Network. So thank you to those today tuning in on YouTube and as well those listening today on demand on all of our audio platforms. So Cam, before we get into the Twitter polls and then eventually Adam Henrich's talk with us, I did talk about before we hit the commercial break about the power play. Gavin Bryant was able to get the Ice Dogs a power play goal in Ottawa where he was just kind of sitting in front of the net, Johnny on the spot, and was able to swipe it right in. We talk about the Ice Dogs and their power play being an area of concern, and even Ben Boudreaux has talked about needing to get that back up if they want to have a chance here. It's still ranked last in the Ontario Hockey League at 10.5%, but if we go back to last week against the Brantford Bulldogs, we saw something that we talked about in the game recap that we might have not seen all year from the power play where they were able to set up, you know, a tic-tac-toe type of play and try to hit Kevin He in the slot who just uh, who was stopped uh, it, in that sense. But just the way that they were able to move the puck on the power play this weekend, despite not seeing the results and the wins, I think that was encouraging. For sure. And I think that as they... <laughs> The other tough part with like the the injuries, it's been to a key player every time on the power play, like whether it be Asador and even losing Potalu, for example, or Wysik, uh, or Wysik, Wysik too. Wow, man, he is such a goodness. He is underrated. Um, but I think that it all comes. I'll be honest. Yeah. So that that play that you were alluding to, it's uh, for anyone that didn't watch, it's the Tampa Bay power play. So uh, they've got two wingers out wide. Uh, for the one-timer, they've also got someone dead in the middle. And it was a play where I think Rubrik faked the one-timer, sent it right into the middle to Kevin, and he just blasted it. But it was it was, it was was kind of in a little close against uh, – was it against Braver? I thought it was against Leanders. Might have I been. Can't remember it, might, it might have been I think been it was against, against Mississauga. Um, but nonetheless, it was the first time I was like, oh, my goodness, what is this? I still think this comes back to that if there's one area this year in the offseason – that I hope that um, off the top of my head, I think all the defensemen are able to come back except for Federico, who's a overager, and yep. he's not really particular among the um, offensive players on the team. I don't know if it's weight room technique, like flex, like more flex in their stick. I want, I would love to see. They need a defenseman that can hammer the puck, and um, so I, I equate it to uh, you watch London. Uh, for most of the season, the the Finnish Danny Heatley, as I like to call him, um, Haltonen was basically their trigger man, and we saw we saw it three times I think in the first two games, 
where he just kind of, you know, like Danny Heatley just from the face-off dot just rips it home with this just almost a comical windup. But over the last few months, uh, Oliver Bonk is starting to let it rip. And we also know that Sam Dickinson has one of the more NHL-ready one-timers as well. I think that the lack of that, Sobolev let it go a little bit every once in a while. And I think Bronson Ride would as well, but it was more of a wrist shot. He would try and find the thread, the needle. And I think that Padrikar and Wysikar as well, they, they kind of try and thread the needle a little bit. And while that's not bad, it's just, if you can, there's going to be times where everything's taken away, right? Things break down, everything's taken away, uh, especially when you don't have the immense offensive talent throughout your lineup, they being able to send it back to the point, just let someone absolutely tee one up is just an advantage that they don't have. And they haven't had, I mean, I don't, in my time being an ice dog fan, like I'm talking like 2018, like I'm trying to think like even Denincio was probably the best offensive defenseman that we'd have. And he was more breakaway razzle dazzle than he was just letting it go. So I, I would love to see that as something that is improved upon um, to to take away from the fact they've got to play everything down low. Because once you do that, like it, it's easy to cover that. Like the, the box doesn't have to play up tight at the point because it's not really a threat. You know what I mean? Uh, but again, I'm not the coach. I'm just some and I'm just someone who's, who's watched all the games and just an observation because, I mean, how many times? I mean, we went like two months before we saw a dirty goal. <laughs> like as funny as that sounds, you know, the, every goal the ice dog score was either off the rush, a breakaway, shorthanded, or or like a you know a deke, or or Kevin or Zach firing one just upstairs, just picking a corner. There was very rarely any just ugly ones, and that's what you need more of. And I think that having a player on the back end that can just let it go causes the ugly ones. You know. And I think a guy that could take that next step, and whether he has that one time or not, is Chanowski because we've seen that he's a, a puck moving D and an offensive uh, gifted defenseman. He let one scored go. his first goal in Ottawa, and that was a really nice wrist shot cutting down from the point there. So maybe he's a guy you look at as somebody that could really take over as the power play quarterback that they I, like to call it. I've noticed Frolov too. Uh, again, more of that same trying to thread the needle, but we've noticed it quite a bit now when Frolov gets a chance in the offensive zone. He's really trying, and he's close. He's been close a couple times. Um, so, yeah, they just, I think they just need somebody that can just hammer. It. And um, yeah, maybe that is, you know, Janowski. Um, just somebody. I think that, I think that would go a long way. It would take a lot of stress off the forwards, I think. And I really like that power play setup they have where they, they hit it twice. They Again, the game that uh, we were talking about, it was either Mississauga or Brantford where Kevin He was stopped on it. The goal that they scored in Ottawa was Robrick giving it down low to Matthew Paris and him just with a beautiful touch pass right in the middle, to in the, like right in the crease to Gavin Bryant there was able to put it in. Matthew Paris's touch passes lately have led to a couple of goals. So mm-hmm. uh, I talked to him off the ice that he's got to start uh, teaching everybody else how to do those because he's uh, seems like he's kind of mastered that skill and it's nice to have him back in the lineup, which we'll get into with the Twitter polls. But mm-hmm. uh, speaking of that, we might as well get get to that uh, with the the polls this week. Remember, follow us at Dog Pound Podcast. We post polls for all of our shows uh, for our monthly recaps on there, so you guys can get in the conversation, have your voice heard on which Ice Dog players you've been most impressed with lately. So our first of the three polls is which Ice Dogs player has taken the big step, biggest step forward this month? Ryan Robrick, Kevin He, Gavin Bryan, and Matthew Paris. 
Ryan Roberg won with 42.3%. Second place was Gavin Bryant and third place Matthew Paris. Kevin, he actually finished last in this poll, which is probably a first uh, for any time that we put Kevin He on a poll. But I, I don't know if that's exactly, you know, a knock on him. I just think that all three of the yeah. other guys have really stepped up and elevated their game to to really, you know, help Kevin He out. Yeah, I think Kevin is just what he is. Like you expect him to to be offensive and, and drive play, and that's just what he's done. It's not that he hasn't, but um Ryan's gotten more assists lately and he had that two goal game. He's starting to find it points wise. And um, I, yeah, I don't, don't disagree with that. He's definitely the most improved. As far as our second poll goes, which ice dogs newcomer has impressed you the most since the trade deadline, the three players that they did acquire goaltender, Charlie Robertson, Callum Chanowski on the defensive side and Mason Ray, the forward Charlie Robertson takes us, but it was very close. 48.5% for the goaltender, 45.5% for Chal- Callum Chanowski. What was uh, your thoughts to that? Um, I, I probably would have went uh, Robertson as well. I think that, you know, having to play three and three, um, awfully tough there. Um, but yeah, like, Chanowski and Ray, they've had, they've each had games where the, it's been very noticeable and they've done a great job. Um, but uh, you know, Robertson is having to come in and then play every game Four when he wasn't now. playing at all. Exactly, right? Like because uh, Flores is battling something. So um, no, I, I think that he's definitely been the biggest impact for sure. And then our third poll, uh, which I made a spelling mistake on, but uh, it is what it is. Which Ice Dog player currently out of the lineup are you looking for to have the biggest impact upon their return? Goaltender Owen Flores, forward Alex Asadorian, who's currently suspended. D. Andrew Wysick and forward Mike Levin, who is going to be back in the lineup this week. Levin takes it at 40%, yeah. but it was pretty pretty good distribution there between all four. You had three of them having 20%. Well, I mean, like they're like four like most important players in the team you know after you know in, in terms of driving play uh god levin has been a bright spot like i like i mentioned for any front of the ice dog fans that listen to the show that have been a vice dog fan for a while it just reminds me so much of Kean sopa uh just a 99 heart you know in terms of attributes he's got 99 heart you know i i he's he's got an edge to him doesn't like it when someone says something rude uh, man, lets him know he's dropped the gloves a bunch. He, I still don't know how he skate glides into the slot like he does. Cause every time he does it, I'm so scared. He's going to get absolutely popped, but he's sneaky with it. And he's got a great wrist shot. I mean, he rising Linders is probably going to go in the maybe second round, first, second round of the draft. And he beat him clean glove side on a wrist shot from, you know, 10, 15 feet out. So like, um that and that was in the one of the last recent games before he went away but uh yeah he's just been so surprising to me you know i think i think levin you didn't think that that trade would become important and uh it was a big one for the ice dogs levin and paris both guys that didn't really have an opportunity in london and they're making the most of it here in niagara so thank you to everybody who participated in our twitter polls at dog pound podcast cam before we move on i've got the the player stats up on the screen mike levin the 16 goals 28 points in the 40 games. You know, he's been impressive. He's third on the team in points right now. Kevin, he leading the way with 36 and 45. Again, uh, those minuses are, are, are a point of emphasis they want to focus on. But again, when you're when, when a couple of those games were blowouts, it's bound to happen. Ryan Robrick, though, 30 points in 40 games. He missed the five games that he was away at the World U17 or at the U17 tournament. And he's six goals away, as I quickly mentioned in the first segment, from tying Kevin He and Akil Thomas for the goals as a 16-year-old prediction here. By the time we record our February wrap-up, 
Does Ryan Robrick tie and or pass Kevin He and Akil Thomas as a record? I hope so. And I, I hope so. Like I mentioned earlier on in this episode that we need him and, and Kevin to be the potential, you know, Petrangelo, like the, you know, the, this, the guys that we are going to remember for a long time that help make the franchise um, proud again, you know, for players to be proud to come here. And it, it would be great for him to get a piece of that record um, because, uh, it, you know, huge. And, and again, we just, we need to see some more drafted players, you know, and I, that would just go a long way, I think, um, in terms of like a resume kind of situation. But I think so. I think it, I think it happens whether I, I think he gets like a hat trick, like something <laughs> quick. I think it's quick succession. Maybe not in the next recent game. Maybe he goes on a little slump, but like I think that it happens quick. Well, he scored two goals in a period against Brantford this week. So, mm-hmm. uh, And he was our JNL flooring player of the week for the Niagara Ice Dogs. He's continued to shoot. That's the big thing. Is yeah, that's the he's thing. continued he to put pucks on that. He shoots a lot. Yep. He had 11 in the three games. Exactly, yeah. Among rookies, and just pulling that up right now, just in terms of rookie shooting, um, just a crazy amount of shots. Uh, I think he leads all rookies in shooting. Um, And he is... uh, One second. Sorry, I apologize. Uh, He has got... Yeah, he is. (laughs) Second place is Sam O'Reilly on London with 113. He's got 144. Um, So, yeah, like... It's going to go in. He's got enough of a shot. He's not just firing stuff low on the pads, right? Like, he's picking it upstairs, and as he continues to get more confident, like, that is a ton of shots on goal. Like, he's averaging, what is the average on that? Because (laughs) that's actually, that's almost four shots a game. Kevin's got 202, so. Yeah, that's, I mean, that doesn't surprise me all either. But the, the impressive part is his assists. I remember early on in the season, um, man, his vision. He makes some he makes some feeds that are just impressive. And we went a long stretch where he was scoring, but he wasn't getting assists. Um, and uh now we're starting to see that playmaking ability. So I think this is a good time to get to our last segment today with Ice Dogs Director of Scouting, Adam Henrich, and a great conversation about that 07 draft class and as well looking ahead to the 08 draft class and kind of where their uh, mindset is uh, on their approach on where they're going to go with that. But a lot of good praise for that 07 draft class that we keep talking about with those four 17-year-olds. So that segment today is brought to you by the Niagara Dental Clinic, creating natural smiles in Niagara for 25 years. You forgot to bring your mouth guard on the ice or lost a checklist. Contact or license team of dental professionals in Niagara Falls to get your smile back on track. Here is Niagara Ice Dogs Director of Scouting, Adam Henrich. Henrich. Please be back on our Ice Dogs monthly wrap-up and our scouting check-in brought to you by the Niagara Denture Clinic with Ice Dogs Director of Scouting, Adam Henrich. Adam, thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, we spoke to you last at the draft, and it was a big draft for the Niagara Ice Dogs. GM West Consorti has been on with us every month talking about how important that 07 draft class was and how you guys were able to hit. All the credit to you guys uh, with those four players in Ryan Robrick, Ethan Zada, Artem Frolov, and Ivan Galianov, who are all playing significant minutes right now for a, a team that has gone through a lot of trials and tribulations and had a lot of guys in and out of the lineup but those four guys have kind of been stabilizers just talk about how proud you are of you know that 07 draft class that how they've been playing so far with four 16 year olds in the lineup it's pretty unprecedented yeah i think it's great right they're all showing what they can do on their own you know and through as a team um you know those are kids we watched you know throughout the year players we watched throughout the year and you know very you know, and I think what I like about what we were doing, we didn't listen to the noise, right? We stuck with what we thought, you know, we had our ups and downs with, with players that we do with anyone else, you know, and we 
we drafted what we thought was, you know, A, the best available, and B, the best available for what we are trying to do, right? So, and now they're showing us, they're logging minutes, and they're playing like second, third year guys, right? And, you know, Ryan, he, he, you know, he's showing what he can do in this league. You know, Ethan, I think he's showing, I think he's been sort of snake bitten to start, and now he's coming to his own. It's, but, you know, you know, I always say about Ethan, you know, if he, you know, is a, a I don't want to throw numbers out, 50, 60, 70 point guy, you know, but, you know, one of the best two way players, you know, in the league in his, you know, third year, you know, we're laughing, right? Um, you know, Frolov is, is, is a player uh, beyond his years. There's a lot of things really, really well, highly skilled, highly intelligent, um, you know, very smart defensively, but, you know, it's a learning curve for him like anyone else, right? Galeonov, I loved from the beginning. I think he was a steal in the draft. Um, he's a workhorse, unbelievable attitude. Um, we were so lucky to get him. And like I said, I think these are, you know, four guys in year two and three who are going to make a very, very big impact around the league and for this team. And you talked about, you know, as far as Galianov, because that was one of your biggest bulletin board uh, material quotes from the draft was that you said that Galianov should have been a first-round pick, a guy that went in the fourth round, and he's been a spark plug for the Ice Dogs when he's, you know, gotten to the lineup on a consistent basis here, can move up and down the lineup. He, he's a very competitive player. From a scouting perspective, when you're looking at guys in the third or fourth round and you're able to get somebody like Ivan Galeanov, what are the intangibles that, that you and the scouting staff are kind of looking at to hopefully turn those players into impact OHLers and what he's been able to do as a first-year player that's a fourth-round pick? We don't see that a lot uh, in this league. What, what was it about Galeanov that really stuck out to you? So I've known, watched Ivan throughout sort of, you know, my years in the GTHL. He's always been the best players in this league, right? He's always worked, always been, you know, played pretty hard. Um, you know, he's a typical five-tool player. Um, I think, you know, people saw the size, like, oh, what's he going to turn out to be? But that, you know, everything else overshadowed that, right? And it's showing here, right? Because he works, because he loves it, because he has high character. Um, you know, I, I, it was interesting. I don't know. When he was on the board for us, right, I was like, oh, here we go. He's still here. He's still here type of thing. And I think, you know, we got lucky, but he was pretty high on our board. Um, you know, whatever was happening in other teams' minds, what they uh, you know we didn't see that you know or feel that i think we just got lucky landed up to us um you know he should have been taken earlier for sure but you know he is a typical five tool player he does everything really well but he works and he loves the game this is a kid who you know something that a lot of scouts might not know but because i'm sort of in the area here you know he was when he was on his U16 team last year, and this went a long way to me, um, and no one probably knew this, you know, they would have the younger kids practicing before um, on his Vaughn Kings team. So I think like the 10 or 11-year-olds. And he would go on before and help the kids on his own. And then he would stay out after with the older team. Like that's the type of person he is, right? And nobody knew. So in terms of character, think about that. He goes on before to help the next generation of players, work with them, you know, helping pick up pucks, you know, as a top player on his team, staying on after, working with the older guys. Um, I think that just sort of says everything about him um, as a character type of player. And then, you know, you know his skill set, you know, you know how hard he competes. So you put that all together, right? You know, then you get a good package, right, in terms of a hockey player. Um, and like I said, yeah, I think we got lucky to get him the fourth round, and I think he's going to show that 
in the next year or two as he already has as a 16-year-old. Not to be forgotten here, Ryan Roberg is most likely going to break Kevin Hees and Akil Thomas's uh, goal record for the franchise as 16-year-olds at 21. He's already at 15 in 40 games because he did miss time away at the U-17s as well. Can you speak to what Ryan... have? Is this kind of what you would expect from him already as a 16-year-old? I know you don't want to put high expectations, but what he's been able to do this year, are you really surprised at that? And, and do you think that the sky's really the limit for him as far as what he can grow into as far as his potential goes? Oh, yeah, Ryan's a hell of a player, right? He uh, He's always sort of, even growing up, you know, in the OMHA, um, you know, we knew what he can do. We watched him thoroughly all year. We also know that, you know, when you're watching some players – they perform different at different levels with different players, different ages, right? So you know, you know, you know, Ryan's so smart and he's so big and his shot is so elite and he gets to those areas and he finds those holes, right? And we knew what he was all about. We knew what he can do, right? And it was just a matter to see it at this level, right? And we were very confident all along that he was going to be our guy, right? Like, you know, you, you hear things, oh, this or that, or, you know, he might not have the best OHL cup or whatever, but that wasn't, you know, things that really concerned us because we knew what he was about. We watched him all year. You know, we take as a scouting staff, no different than Wes, you know, or, you know, or Darren or whoever, you know, we take as a scouting staff, you know, all year long, right? You know, some people are like, oh, after the OHL Cup or after the Silver Stick, oh, now he's, you know, no good anymore. That doesn't work like that, right? So to really build and understand and draft the proper players, you got to take from the first day to the last day before the draft. And I think as Ryan, that's what we really did. And we saw that and we were invested in that. And we were very confident when we picked him, no matter what the noise was around him. Right. And I, I knew he put up points you know, Did I know he'd do this well, this fast. No, 16 year olds in the OHL is really hard, but you know, I, I knew he'd do well. And this is just showing now, what type of player and how good he can be and how good he's going to be in the future for this team. And you talk about your scouting staff, Greg, Dave, Scott, and Brian, as far as the collaboration with you guys talking throughout the season, looking ahead towards the 08 draft class, uh, hoping that it's going to be as successful as the 07 draft class was for you in another big draft for this organization. Just what are you really looking at uh, as far as what's available out there right now? It's a little bit early, obviously the draft isn't until April, but what's kind of the, I guess, the game plan as far as what you're looking at, how important this 08 draft class is going to be as well to uh, make sure that uh, you and your staff do all the right things to give uh, the, this coaching staff and the management you know, all the uh, tools that they need uh, at their disposal. So I think every single draft is really important. I, I don't think you can undermine any draft, no matter what position you're in. It, it is how you build, right, obviously. So I think we... You know, we don't know how many years we're going to have the ability to be in the top five or top ten, right? So you got to capitalize on that. I think this draft, there's a lot of good players, right? It's really deep, but are there a lot of superstars, right? And that's what we got to notify. We think there's a few out there, and if we are lucky enough to get one of those, like another Ryan type of thing, then, you know, we're going to be in a position. I think that's going to be our goal with that first pick. Can we get another Ryan Rubrick who's going to perform? He's going to, you know, play at the highest level. Um, he's going to, um, you know, put the points up. He's going to, you know, be a franchise guy in a year or two, right? So I think, you know, depending on where we finish, um, 
you know, if we have the ability to get one of those guys, then we're on the right track, right? And then, no different than the second round. Hey, you know, we're looking at, you know, uh, if we could get, you know, a, a whole type of thing where we see something in the lineup that we need, then we're going to take that play in the second round. But also best available, right? And like I said before, I think there's a few things that we need and we're looking at and we're urging on what, how we want to get it. Um, but, you know, drafts are tricky. you got to sort of be strategic on your needs and best player available, mix and match that. But I, I really, really, I'm very confident. I'm even looking at the list right now. I'm confident this year that we get that 1A player in those, that, you know, top 10. And, you know, that second rounder could be, you know, like another type of Frolov, right? Or, or Galianov. Who knows, right? Could be a 4, could be a D. And then, you know, you know we're looking at, you know, we – I think we need a solid as well, uh, you know, franchise goalie, right? So we're working hard at that. Um, there's a lot of good goalies, but once again, this draft is interesting because it's deep. There's a lot of good players, and it's you're always shifting here, right? Where last year, I think you saw your top ten, we knew it was top ten. Here, I think the top three or four are set in in my mind. But after that, you know, you could go four to fifteen, and you're like, who am I taking? Right. Right. So. It's, you know, it's who do you like, what do you need, you know, type of thing, right? So, uh, yeah, it, it, but definitely we're in a position to draft very, very good hockey players who can be a future for this organization and help us, uh, you know, get a championship in a few years. I'm very confident in that, too. So, lastly, what's the what's the timeline look like here? Obviously, we've got the OHL Cup coming up, the Combine, and the draft uh, there in mid-April, I believe. So, what, what's the game plan as far as for you and, and, and the staff to kind of really start to hone in on some of this stuff and, and with some of those those big events coming up as well? Just Is this a time that you kind of look forward to? Like, is this like back in your playing days, like gearing up for the draft and, and obviously you've been working all year, but excitement level like and kind of what's the what's the game plan for you guys the next month or so so i think the next month is sort of the grind before the ohl cup type of thing right you know seasons are going to finish soon playoffs will start coming along you know we're gonna you know x off all the players we like add to the list um make some changes revisions and then the ohl cup comes and that's really when you get a look okay final look where's everybody at you know we thought so we didn't think so um continue to build. I mean, we're going right up to the last minute, right? That's the thing. Yeah, that's the best part about this job, right? It's like, you know, you could see a kid in the playoffs and then watch the OHL Cup, you know, and he comes, um, he jumps a little higher. But like I said, you know, it's somebody we've watched all year, so we understand, right? It's not someone who we're just, you know, we're picking out of a hat because they had a good game or two, right? So there's limited time now. I think, you know, everyone in their own leagues we're going to be watching, and then we jump into the OHL Cup full steam. And then after that, we have a good idea where everything's at. You know, we're having a lot of meetings. You know, we're going to check on the you know uh, players. Uh, like I said, you know, characters, families, you know, what, what how they're feeling and stuff. Um, interviews are very important, you know. So I think come, you know – a week or two before the draft, we're, we're, we're pretty confident on what we want to do. Ice Dogs Director of Scouting, Adam Henrich, on our scouting checkup brought to you by the Niagara Denture Clinic. Adam, thanks so much for taking some time today to speak with us and give the Ice Dog fans out there a little bit of uh, insight into what's to come for uh, this upcoming draft class and about the successful 07 draft class so far. So maybe we'll talk to you again one time before the draft, but if not, uh, look forward to uh, talking to you again for draft day and, and draft weekend. Always an exciting time down there at the Meridian Center. Thanks a lot, Brandon appreciate it there was a great conversation with the ice dogs director of scouting 
Adam Henrich with some great thoughts there. High praise for Ivan Galianov and a cool story there about him staying long after practice to yeah. help out the younger kids. It's not shocking to me because Ivan Galianov, even though he's 16 years old, he's he's a lovable character off the ice. He's a competitor on the ice, but he's a guy that you want to have in that room. Yeah, 100%. I, I think that, you know, starting the year, Galianov looked like he would be just a scratch. Is someone that comes in, fills in for injuries, things like that. He got him in the lineup, and there was a point where he's, he was—he had like nine points in his first twelve games. Like he was—he was—he started out really hot offensively, but as he's gone along now, and he's had to play wing, he's had to play center. Um, you know, all the way up and down the. There was a couple games where he's a first line center, uh, and, and uh, has handled it really well. You know, I think that he's definitely emotional. I think that he <laughs> he you know gets into it a lot with the other team, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, but I think sometimes maybe he, uh, pays attention too much to that a little bit. Um, but that's, you know, he's, he's so young. I think he's just competitive. I think that's what it is. Cause we've, we've talked about this a number of times. There's a few players on the team where their legs don't stop moving, where they're in a puck battle and they just do not stop because they get frustrated. They're mad that someone got the puck off them or they're getting by him. And he's one of them and having a high motor in hockey is extremely important. And, uh, yeah, that that was a great story about how staying back and helping young players. That's a character thing, and um, you can't you know you can't teach that. Cam, okay, what were some of your biggest takeaways there from uh, what the director of scouting said? I think that first that uh, they were kind of surprised at Rubric's stats. They knew that he was going to be good, um, but I think that being surprised at you know how good he is offensively already um, is big. And again, like we mentioned, he's leading the league in goals for a rookie against guys that are seventeen years old. Um, that that can't be a, on the on the last place team in the league. It's not like he's getting fed from NHL drafted prospects. Like he's, you know, he's driving the play. Uh, I think that him getting a look at center is great as well. Like he's he's doing what he's asked to do, and he's very competitive. Um, the other thing I liked is he talked a little bit about the OA draft. It's tough to obviously talk about it early on, but um, that you know he thinks that there might be like you know a one through four, one through three that are kind of set in stone, but then like four through 15 is kind of whatever it's what's wide open. And, you know, in drafts like that, it's tough because you got to draft for need. Like you mentioned, I'm curious what you think, what would be the biggest need? Like, let's pretend that, you know, they're, they're you're not drafting best overall, but what position do you think is the, is needed the most um, with their first round pick? I think they go with a young D again, because I think they brought in Frolov last year, which was a good ad, but I think they probably go with a young D and try to find, you know, a franch a young franchise goalie, you know, when Owen Flores and Charlie Robertson end up aging out at some point, they're gonna need that young goalie to step up. And we've seen teams like Mississauga go with Ryerson Leanders and Jack Ivan Kovic as a seventeen and sixteen year old goaltenders. So it is possible if they if they do find uh, you know, some hidden gem goaltenders in the first first or second round, I'd look at that as well. But I think up front, you know, they have what they have and they'll end up getting some forwards there. But I think if they go with a D and a goaltender with their first two picks, again, it's kind of off the board uh, from what you'd usually do. But those would kind of be the two positions of need that I think that they would need to kind of restock the shelves of that 08 draft class and those young players. It's so tough because it's the only league in the CHL where you can't trade your first round pick, right? The WHL and the Q, they don't do that. They, you can trade your first round pick. So not having multiple first round picks is tough because – the pressure that that puts on to not miss on your first round pick is massive um, because what ends up happening is even though you can't trade your first round pick, you can trade the player 
you know, afterwards, if that's the case. I mean, Saginaw did it this year, I believe. Um, the name's escaping me. And Bruce Davich uh, from Ottawa went to Kingston. I mean, exactly, went to um, exactly. London. Yeah, and um, so that, that 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 can happen, and that's how it kind of works. They get around that. But um, I'll be honest with you. I think they need – I think that you can fill a decor with overagers and players that are big, that are older. It's – I think it's easier to find a, a defenseman that's serviceable than that's o- older than it is a forward that's capable of putting up 50 points, right? I think that they still need, on top of Rubrik and, and, and Kevin and everyone else taking a leap forward, I would love to see another, like, impact, like, you know, push for a point-per-game type offensive player. Um, and obviously, that's very difficult. I would love, I would also love, I mean, well, not Miss Brampton. Can we can we say that now? They Almost, just got an, it just got announced. Miss Saga, uh, writing was kind of on the wall there for the last couple of years, but they are now Brampton, um, not the Battalion. Also, are they going to say the Steelheads? Yeah, uh, yeah, they're going to stay. I think I think the Brampton Steelheads uh, went through the copyright port. Uh, it phase. did. Oh, yeah. Okay. But again, okay. it, this isn't confirmed. We're not breaking any news here. No, but no, no. It's, Dreger it's going tweeted about Twitter, it right yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, Darren Dreger. Darren Dreger just tweeted this out before we recorded. So, anyways, uh, like there is clearly like a move that's going to be made. Like you've got Leanders, who is probably going to be one of the first. I mean, him or Carter George, I guess. It's probably one of those like the first OHL def- uh, goaltenders taken off the board in the NHL. And then you've got you know Jack uh, Ivankovich is who they took with like seventh overall, eighth overall. Yep. yep. Who is equally as impressive. I, I doubt that they, it, not because it wouldn't be great to have a tandem like that again, but just from a development standpoint, I, I can't imagine both goaltenders being like, yeah, let's split this 50, 50. Cause it's a developmental league, right? Like you, you know, if, if Leanders comes back and he's an NHL draft, he will be an NHL drafted player. He's not going to want to split the net probably, you know? Not not saying his character is going to play. I'm just saying that like that's just how it is. Like you're going to want to be the one the one here. So I mean, if they move on from Leanders, throw the farm in terms of picks because <laughs> at least you know what you're getting. You know, I think there'll it, be a lot of teams knocking down that door. Exactly for sure. But I mean, we I mean we've seen what happens when you can get a good goaltender. I mean, uh, Tucker Tynan carried the Ice Dogs almost into the playoffs. Like a couple, of, you know, what I mean, like they he was so good in uh in the year before COVID and even the year afterwards uh you know even before and after his his his, his very unfortunate injury um he was so good and and even we're seeing with Flores too like there's nights where floor we have no business and and, and Flores has really kept us in it so the advantage of in the OHL I think more than in major junior and then any other league in the NA in, in hockey where a goaltender can really carry you and um Getting someone rock solid because this team isn't far off in the playoffs. And I, the one, the one thing I didn't mention yet is that, uh, that, that Adam Energy talked about great quote as well is that you don't know how often you're going to get these picks. The top four is what he was alluding to the, the lottery picks. And you got to hit on them when you do because you won't be out of the playoffs for long. And that sounds funny because the ice dogs have missed the playoffs for, for quite some time. And it's like, uh, yeah, right. Like, what are you like? Let's, let's stop worrying about, you know, playoffs yet first. Let's, you know, it's, but it's like, it's true. It, there's 16 teams make the playoffs. Right. Um, so those bottom four picks, like you don't know how often you're going to get them. And if you miss, it's just, it's devastating. And you got to hit on those when, when you get the shot at them 
and like they did with Robrick and, and Zada's looked really impressive as well. So this year is another massive one because they don't have the Zada pick to pull, fall back on. That's like something because, you know, the, the Dickinson trade ended up allowing them to take fifth to get Zada as well. You know, if, if one of those doesn't work, at least you got Robrick or vice versa this year that not the case. So it's, and, and just given the importance, like I said, I think they go best available again. I hope they don't, you know, pick and choose and say, okay, we need, we do need defensemen. Cause I understand that they do. Um, but I just think that if you put three overage defensemen, let's say on the back end or two overage defensemen, they're at 20 years old. It's just so much more physical. Like you, you know, Feder, look at Federico, you know, like, well, he's not going to put up a hundred points or whatever. Like he, but he makes it, it's hell to go up against every night. And I think that compared to a forward who, you know, that he's not going to score 50 points, right? It, it, you can kind of see the offensive cap on players where defensively, they might only have 10 points, but man, it is going to be hell on your own end. So uh, that's, that's just, you know, from what I would like to see, but I, I don't disagree that, you know, they do need all three of those things. No, I mean, I'm definitely in the camp of best available, but if it, for some reason were, you know, between a forward and a D and they were both at the same level, I'd go with the D, but if it, if the best available is a forward, I'm not going to be upset with it, but we're going to have lots of time to talk about that as we lead up into April and we do record uh, on draft night uh, whenever that is in April. But Cam, before we wrap up, we'll take a look at the upcoming schedule for Niagara in February. And it's a tough one. More road games and more road trips. They just came off of two road trips, the Barry North Bay trip and then the Kingston Ottawa trip. And after this week where they play Sudbury at home, they're in Peterborough and then back to North back in North in Niagara to play North Bay at home on Sunday then they've got the dreaded three and three in North Bay, Sudbury, and Sioux. And then they've got a turnaround to play in Erie on a Wednesday. So as we mentioned, a lot of road games coming up for this team. And I hope that they're able to to get some sort of a stable lineup back because they're going to need it for another long stretch of road games and road trips. I'm not even worried about the good teams. Like that, the good teams, they show up, you know, like it is, and I don't, I don't mean they play down to their opponent, but I don't know what it is this year. If you were to go back and look at the teams that are not in a playoff spot, or you know, let's say sixth and below in the conference, it's pretty impressive that they have been able to do what they've done against the teams in through one through six, as opposed to seven through ten. Um, but I, I think it's good for them. I go on the road. That's where you get the most, you know, the, the biggest bonding experience for them. Like they're just going to be together the whole time. There's no reinforcements coming. It's after the deadline. Like you got to go through it. You got to go through. And uh, I think they're going to surprise some people. I, I do. Again, seven points back. It takes two games. If they were to win, you know, against Sudbury and Peterborough, Peter Peterborough is a winnable game. You know, it is. They're one of the worst teams in the league right now. Like they're three points back and I'm just, you know, they're hungry. So we'll see. Yeah. And they, they play Peterborough twice. They play Barry twice. And those are the two teams that they're catching. And those could be big four point swings, but they're also going to have to make up some points other places as well. So again, they've, they've got a, a big month of February coming up. And I hope that the next time we come on to record another monthly recap, that you know it's really in range there going into to March because I would love to see some meaningful games there in March where they're four three points back and we're getting really excited about them having a possibility of being able to to sneak in that playoff uh, eighth spot because again even if it's a short series a four to five game series the experience for the players and also the fan base to finally get back to seeing some playoff hockey in Niagara would be huge. 
even just playing games with the potential of it at home. Meaningful games in March. Like we talked about that at the beginning of the season. Just don't be out of the playoffs by December. And while it's looked ugly, I mean, seven points to seven points is still quite a bit, but Peterborough's not doing better. They're one and eight. They're worse than us in the last 10, you know? And, um, you know, we'll see. I would love to see the final month, you know, just throughout it that it's not over yet. They're not eliminated mathematically just because I think that that's important for growth for them. Absolutely. So that's going to wrap up our Ice Dogs monthly recap for January 2024. Thank you to everybody tuning in today on the video version of the podcast and as well tuning in on demand and audio. Still look for our game recaps after every single home game uh, the rest of the way here. And until we talk next time, my name is Brandon Caputo as the host of the program. My co-host Cam Halbert and the Dog Pound podcast is proudly brought to you by Global Pet Foods. Our pets are undeniably part of the family in all four of their great Niagara region locations right here on the Armchair GM Sports Network, and we'll talk to you again very soon. You're listening to the Armchair GM Sports Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.